Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I am here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So we are up. I brought, <laughs> I brought us uh, another happy hour. <laughs> I did Horror in the High Desert. And I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay, so I have some issues with this one. I'm just going to be honest with... And I, you know, I, I, I didn't do any research whatsoever on it, so... What kind of issues are you talking about? Okay, so as you know, uh, when I do these, I pause the episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, when you pause on Amazon Prime, uh, information pops up. Mm-hmm. Well, the actors' names popped up on the screen every time I paused it. Okay. This is supposed to be a documentary. Well, they, they probably used the term actors just as across the board. The, no, they had different names than the people oh. on the... It, 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 nowhere, no, it, it didn't say actor anywhere. Were they dramatizations? <clears throat> No. No, not at all. Like, 100% no. It was as... So, I'm very, very confused. I started this out being very confused. Like, right off the bat. But if you watch it, it looks like, you know, a documentary. Like, they're filming these people talking to the camera. Uh, They are telling them about this man that went missing. Uh, They're saying it was, you know her brother or his roommate or you know you think it was basically a movie designed to look like a documentary i'm not sure Hmm. i'm not sure and like i said i i didn't even google this guy's name so i have no idea if this was supposed to be true which i thought it was but well when they say it's a documentary yeah yeah you assume it's about a true story. Exactly. Having said that, um, you should definitely watch it. It is creepy as fuck. Just okay. yeah. So I, I highly recommend do, it. I think I will do a little bit of research on it too. Yeah, maybe just like on that a, literally way, like Google his on name on our next uh, <laughs> our next uh, episode, which will be in a month. Yes, I can hopefully let everyone know if it was. Yeah. A movie or an actual documentary, just, or whatever. Right. So, I mean, just, like I said, having said that, it was great. It was, it was good. So, I'm just going to tell us about it. Now, it starts off and we just hear voices talking about a man named Gary. A man says, never in my wildest dreams when I told Gary that something bad was going to happen, did I think that it was going to be this? Another voice, I can't imagine what Gary must have felt like being so alone and so far out there. Another one, he said that the longer he looked at it, the more spooked he got. That feeling of dread and the feeling he needed to get out of there. Uh, And then we hear a 911 call from Beverly Hinge, and she is reporting her brother missing. And she states that he was supposed to be back two days ago. So that was the intro. Then text comes on screen and it reads, in July of 2017, 
Gary Hinge vanished while on an outdoor excursion in Nevada. The bizarre and grisly events that followed never reached major news networks. This film documents the weeks following Gary's disappearance. Viewer discretion is advised. Hmm. So first we hear from Gary's sister, Beverly, and she said that she knew something was wrong when Gary's roommate, Simon, said that he was two days late, and she was like, that is not like him at all. So she headed to Ruth, Nevada, where he lived, and she really thought he was going to be back. Then we hear from Simon, who is Gary's roommate, and he talks about how they met. He said that they were both just trying to find a place to live, so they found a place and moved in. They weren't friends necessarily, but they both just needed a place to live. Then Gal Roberts, a journalist, comes on, and she had she had never heard of this story. Um, like the text said, it didn't really reach any major news stations, but... Again, if it's not real, why would it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. And she wanted to keep the story going because at this point it had gone cold because Gary was still missing. So everyone is talking about Gary and how trustworthy, he's really an amazing person, king of the outdoors, smart but very private, and super funny. And this is where I put the side note that I had paused it quite a bit up until this point and there's actors names on it so i you know uh but gary has found his dream job outdoors uh he started a company called map nevada and they map out really remote locations for hunters um you know good good hunting spots that people normally wouldn't venture out to and gary loved doing this He also really loved trains, and we see a video from Gary, and he is filming a train and talking about the train and that area. Then Gal is back, and this is her first big story, and she was excited to research it, so she heads to Ruth, and she wanted to talk to anyone and everyone, so she just grabbed a phone book. Then we hear from Simon again, and he said he knew something was off when Gary asked him to take care of his dog, Tuca. He said that Gary never left that dog, and he always took him with him. Simon actually had to catch a plane when Gary, Gary was two days late getting there, so Simon called Beverly to come get the dog so he could catch his flight. Beverly went there to where Gary lived and she took the dog and asked where he was Simon asked she asked Simon where Gary was and he said he didn't know that he just knew that he was one on one of his expeditions Uh, so she called the police and waited now Gal is back she said she talked to Beverly one time and Beverly was angry and didn't want to have anything to do with her She said she didn't understand why Beverly didn't want to bring more attention to her brother's disappearance, but she didn't. She didn't want to talk to Gal at all. So Gary was obsessed with survival. He would go to the most remote locations and just explore. We see another video that Gary is filming, and he's filming an abandoned cemetery. He's all alone and he's just exploring and he's talking about how far away his truck is and he 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 points to these mountains which are so far away and he's like my truck's just on the other side of those 
And I'm just like, holy fuck. So he goes far and he's alone. So Beverly talks about when Gary was really little, they went camping and Gary actually disappeared and they looked for him all night and they found him the next day at a farm just playing with some animals. Uh, It was like second nature to him to just go out. So Gal is back and she says that the more people she talked to in Ruth, the more she learned about Beverly and Gary's relationship in the past. She had done a lot. uh, Beverly had a lot of anger towards Gary. She actually blamed him for their parents' death. And when they did pass away, she was left with taking care of Gary. So she kind of resented him for that. So... Uh, then Beverly's on and she says that, yeah, she was mad at Gary because they all, I guess they did a lot of night fishing trips when she was little. And she said that they, her parents had hung a lantern on, on the bank. So they could, they knew how to get back. And Gary took that lantern and like went exploring like he does and so Gary had moved the lantern so they actually started going toward the wrong way and hit rocks and and drown so Beverly always blamed Gary for that so Simon felt bad for Beverly he said he could hear her in Gary's room sobbing and uh then Beverly's back on and says that she's like you're really making me miss my brother she seems kind of cold hmm uh, a lot of people thought he was a hiker, but in reality, he was a survivalist. He would go out for weeks, and he he wouldn't bring hardly anything with him. He would get his own food, his own water. And, and when he went missing, this wasn't a normal search and rescue for him because Gary told no one where he was going. No one had any idea even where to start looking for him. So they look at his cell phone. And it looks like he had turned it off shortly after leaving his home. So they don't even have anywhere, you know, that he would have pinged by or anything like that to go off of. So Beverly's talking about all the things that Simon didn't do, like asking the right questions. And him and him and Simon weren't getting along very well. So Beverly didn't trust Simon. So she told that to the cops. She thought it was Simon for a long time. She said that he was more worried about getting on an airplane than, you know, waiting around for Gary or, you know, figuring out where he was. Uh, So Beverly didn't trust him. And he says that he does, he regrets, he lashed out at her and he's, he's, he regretted that. Then he also says that that's, that's not something that I ever did. He's like, Gary went out all the time and he really never asked about it ever. It was, you know, it was normal for him. He said he probably wouldn't have told him anyway. He's like, even if I did ask him, he probably wouldn't have told me where he was going anyway. So Simon said that uh, it got real old with Beverly accusing him. So he called her and he was like, he, you know confronting her about it because he didn't do anything and he was like you know you're you're his sister why didn't you know where he was going you know so <laughs> they're like you know bickering 
She said that the police were wonderful. She said they got everyone involved. It was a huge deal, and they took it really seriously. Uh, she was actually, she's like, I'm, I was embarrassed that I didn't know where he was going. Simon first thought that it would be near impossible to find him. He could have, he could have injured himself or eaten something that he wasn't supposed to eat. Like, they're, like you just don't know. Well, it seems like if he was so experienced that one of the, you know, number one rules would be to let people know where you're going to be in case something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And now there is a reason why nobody knows where he's going, which I'll get to. Um, But yeah, not smart. Mm -hmm. It wasn't smart. So Beverly didn't sleep like she said that she was like really doing terrible. She said a few days after uh, calling the police, then the phone call came that they had found Gary's truck. She said she got a sinking feeling that this was like this is real now, you know, like it didn't feel real before. Police came to get Beverly and took her to it. She said she was hopeful after that. At least they had somewhere to start. And Simon said that it wasn't in a place where he would have left it. Uh, And Beverly was also looking around when they took her to it. And she was like, this is not where Gary would have gone. This is not a place where he would have parked his truck. So then we meet Bill Salerno which is a private investigator that was hired by Beverly shortly after the truck was found. Bill said that this area was very beautiful, but unforgiving. So Gal is back now, and she said that people in this small town really rallied, and they were all about finding this guy. Like every, you know, it's a small town anyway, and like nothing like this ever happens there. So people really like, you know, uh, gathered and searched for him beverly said it was really humbling to get all this help from people Uh, once the truck was found beverly was very vocal about it being found in a suspicious location her brother would not park it there and and until the cops looked into it so she like bothered them until they looked into it beverly was in the way of police work and she was making things extremely difficult the police did not want her to participate in the search. They even told her that it would, would be better if she stayed at Gary's in case he tried to come back or get in contact with her. Uh, then the PI comes back on and says that he was familiar with the lead investigators on the case and called to check to see you know, if there was any discovery in the truck. Uh, but they wouldn't discuss the matter with him, so he had to actually ask Beverly for permission to talk about it with them. She was asked if Gary had any enemies or if anyone would want to hurt him. And she was like, why? Like, why would you ask that? And he told her that they found evidence that Gary did not drive his truck out there. Um, So P.I. Bill went back, went with Beverly and she was hysterical and told him that they had discovered prints on top of Gary's truck all over. And on the steering wheel, dashboard, gear, they also found bare footprints that were scarred and unidentifiable, which added a whole new level of alarm and more to the mystery. 
So there were these bare huh. footprints. In the truck? In the truck and around the truck. And there were handprints on top of Gary's. So hmm. obviously he wasn't the last person yeah. to drive it. So Beverly's, and you know, she's like, what? So someone drove Gary's truck barefoot? Like, what? What? That's very <laughs> odd. Very. Yeah. So Beverly's going through all these scenarios in her head. You know, she's just full of anxiety, not sleeping. Bill comes back and starts talking about how Beverly still thinks Simon had something to do with it. Um, But he did learn that Gary had been talking to someone on Facebook that he met in a local sellers group. And they had become more than friends. So P.I. reached out to him and he was he was scared to talk to him. He told him uh then the police are going to talk to you. He's like, if you don't talk to me, the police are definitely going to have to get involved. And he was probably scared of being outed. And he was a very small community. He was gay. You know, it's very sad. So he did talk to the PI. He said he was very sad and upset. And he didn't know what happened to Gary. Uh, he didn't want to discuss it. And he had an alibi. So he was cleared too. Then we see one of Gary's videos again. And... Either Gary or the guy who plays Gary. I don't know what it is, but he's so cute. (laughs) He's just like, you know, he's out here in nature filming. He's, you know, alone and he's just filming around and talking. He's just adorable. Uh, He's just talking about what he was doing and the cool things that he's found around that place. Um, Like I said, in one, he was in an abandoned cemetery. It's just super cool to, Mm. you know, just see that because nobody... He's so far out there that nobody sees that stuff anymore. So who knows how long it's been. It's amazing that there's still places like that. Yeah. That nobody hardly ever sees. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. So they found an envelope in the center console and it had Gary's rent money in it. So this wasn't a robbery that had gone wrong. So obviously that wasn't a motive. Then the police told Beverly that the search was being called off, and she is just devastated by this. She said that she knew that they were talking. Um, she saw their lips moving, but the next thing she knows, she's on a stretcher being taken to the hospital. She's just like, they told her that, and she blacked out. Uh, she was dehydrated. She needed sleep, and they so they knocked her out. Uh, everyone was shocked, uh, shocked when the search was being called off. But the chances of him being found, let alone being found alive, were slim to none at this point. Um, the investigation was dead in the water. There were no leads. The fingerprints didn't match anything in the system, so they have nothing. So how long has it been since he's dis- since he disappeared? Um, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. And actually, he had been missing for a couple of days before he was even reported. So even the timeline of when he... Like his uh, his day of death or disappearance is an estimation. Mm. So I'm really not sure how long it went on, the search and everything. So then Gary's followers start calling in to the, I, I'm assuming the police. And the whole thing gets turned on its head. So Gal comes back. They say that... It's, she may have done the story by that time. I think maybe Gal was talking, had talked about it on the radio. She's a journalist on the radio. And people started calling in about it. 
anyway, so she gets on the phone with a listener and they, they're like, you have to look up Gary's blog. He's got a blog online and he thinks he knows what happened to him. And he says, again, just look at this blog. So, so many other people were calling in at this point and talking about this blog and Beverly got some calls too, telling her about all these people looking up his blog. And this private investigator said, unfortunately, Beverly found the blog and, or before they did, before the police did, immediately went up to, like, went to it and really messed things up. So then we see um, Gary's video again, where he mentions the blog. I put, he's so cute again. (laughs) He's so cute. Uh, Beverly is on again and said that she had a kind of hard time finding it, but finally got on and realized that he had about 50,000 followers and she was shocked. So not a single person in Gary's life, like his personal life knew that he had this blog. So what does that tell you? Like, what does that tell you about his life? And like, he's just completely introverted. He just wants to be alone. And I get Mm -hmm. it. So Gal jumps on her computer, she goes to it. And it was called don't hike with headphones a basic survivalist blog she scrolls to the latest videos and beverly said it was constant notifications um he didn't go by his name he went by scorpion sam beverly said that she looked at the notifications and the comments were like i bet he found it and something bad happened so she was like what found what you know like what are they talking about so then the PI's back and said that uh, Gary's now infamous video post, which was the last post that he had, they show a screenshot of Gary sitting in front of a camera and text says, only known screenshot of Gary's inciting post. So I don't know what that means exactly at, at this point. Uh, the personal or the uh, private investigator says that he's worked a lot of strange cases, but Gary by far is the most unusual. So just the way he described what he was looking at, what he saw, how terrified he was, just really scared. The PI is really scared when he's watching this. So Gal comes back and said that she clicked on the second to last video and it's just him sitting in front of the camera and he's telling his viewers what he came across in his last expedition. So Beverly's back and she watched the last three videos and what she saw changed everything, which, yeah. So Gal says he, he looked pretty worked up, nervous and scared on this video. Beverly said that she could tell that he was troubled by something. And about three days into his trip, he started to smell smoke and he's in the middle of nowhere. So he got curious and started to look around. He comes across a makeshift cabin and there was smoke coming from the chimney. So Gary's not scared of someone else in the wilderness, but he said that he was frozen in his tracks and he felt like an, a sense of impending doom. Uh, when he described the cabin, the PI said that it was his face that scared you know, scared him. He said that the longer he stood and looked at it, the more he wanted nothing to do with it. So he leaves and go to, he goes to sleep in his tent and he was so scared. He slept in his shoes. So he's terrified. 
He said he woke up the next day and found bare footprints around his tent. Ooh. Now, now these things are connected. So obviously, bare footprints around the truck. Gary says he found bare footprints around his campsite. So they have something to go on now. So they hiked back to his truck, which took about three days, and uh, or Gary hiked back to his his truck, which took about three days, and he felt like something something was following him or someone was following him. So the pr- private investigators back and said it was really sad watching Gary's followers turn on him. So Gary was so into this blog. He really, really loved his followers and they turned on him. They started calling him a loser and a liar. And um, like he was just trying to get uh, views or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they were commenting like, um, go back, go back to this place. Like, is it even real? Go back and take a video. You know, they just turned on him. Yeah. Uh, so they don't believe him. They said that they went to his blog for for a reason, and now they're saying that he's just, like, making stuff up and making up scary stuff and basically bullying him. And now he may think that he's losing them if he doesn't go back and prove that this happened to him, that he experienced this. So Beverly is talking, and she's saying that with all the confusion and chaos, she accidentally deleted the videos from the blog. What? Yeah. The personal or private investigator said that she was really beating herself up about it. It was definitely disappointing. So the very last video that was posted basically is Gary saying, okay, I'll go if that's what you want. I'll go. And he doesn't look okay about it. The private investigator said that the last video is really haunting. Beverly said that it was him saying that he was going to prove it to those who didn't believe him. Then text comes on screen again, and it says Gary's final blog post. So they show this final post or video. So I'm really confused as to why they just told us that it was all deleted. They literally, like, they say it's been deleted, and then they show it. Well, did they mean some of them were deleted? Uh, Well, there was only... There was only the one where he was talking about this cabin, and then one right after it where he was like, fine, I'll go. I'll go back. So, anyway. Uh, so they show this video. And he's just sitting in front of the computer. And he is addressing... This is the second to last one. He's addressing the comments on the last post where he was... Oh, I guess there was three then. So he's saying that he's going to go back. And it's three days in and three days out. So he's going to post after he gets back. He says that people are asking him where. And... So they don't go out looking by himself. He's not going to tell people where he's going. And he's like, unless you have experience, you really, really shouldn't go this far out. So he doesn't say where he's going to anyone. He doesn't seem too upbeat about it on this video. But really, it's no different than his other posts. He's just sitting there talking. So I'm not sure how haunting this is. I mean, I don't know him. Maybe... You know, I just don't. Anyway, um, th- they kept talking about how haunting it is. And it's creepy to consider after he made this video, he disappeared. But, you know, so. I don't know if you guys hear puppies in the background. <laughs> They're excited about something. Okay, so 
now we know why nobody knows where he is. So this has gone from a missing persons case to a huge mystery. Whose cabin is this? Who lives out there? Where is he? Um, And this person might not be too happy about being found if they live that far out in like the middle of nowhere. So the radio station talked about it. Everyone went crazy with theories of cryptids, witches, aliens. Like everyone was calling in of all this stuff when he went missing. The the personal why do I keep saying that? The private investigator thinks it might be um, an illegal grow weed growing operation, and maybe he got killed because he stumbled upon that. But he said he was wrong. Uh, Beverly said that she couldn't escape the the feeling, and then the cops ended up seizing everything of Gary's, and they wanted to meet with Beverly again. So she meets with the detectives, and she said that. She, she said that keep they kept beating around the bush like do you feel okay today have you eaten are you sleeping well she finally was like what's going on then we see a breaking news story and the um news guy looks like an actor like he looks like he's acting like a journalist it doesn't look real to me mm. so i i you know uh anyway so we, we see this breaking news story about Gary being missing and it says that his backpack was found by a couple that was camping and they found it in the morning when they woke up and it was intentionally placed in their camping site. So it was in that same area and they found something inside that wasn't said and they also said that his truck was found in a completely different area and it was probably put there to throw the police off so the backpack was found in a like a far far place away from where the truck was found so they're they're now thinking that the truck was put someplace intentionally to throw them off Okay, so Beverly's back and said that they told her that they found Gary's backpack draped over a shovel that they had at this campsite. And when they opened it, they found Gary's belongings as well as a severed hand. Uh, What? Yeah. So they show this picture of this hand. It's like blurred out a little bit. Uh, But it's a hand clutching a video camera and it was a clean cut. So it was brutally chopped off and it was about five weeks old. So now everyone wants to know what's on the camera, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so memory chip was still in the camera. The private investigator said that it was truly terrifying <laughs> to watch. I can't imagine what Gary was going through. Uh, Beverly's back and said that they have the video of Gary's final moments. So they went into a room in the police station and sh- they wanted the private investigator to watch with her. Beverly said that the first video they put on uh, she was just she couldn't do it like she she had to stop watching so bill watched all of them for her then text comes on again and says partial footage from gary's last excursion was released to beverly and the public in hopes of finding new leads and they show what was released so it starts off with just like all of Gary's videos that he seems happy, normal. He says he's halfway there. Uh, a storm is coming. He can hear thunder and he's already, he smells that smoke again. Like he smelled the last time he says it's faint. He's like, but it's a, it's the distinct smell of smoke. Then he says that he's starting, he's already starting to get creeped out. 
So then more text says in an attempt to stay undetected, Gary ventures out into total darkness, relying on his infrared camera, which emits only light that is visible or that which emits light that is not visible to the human eye. So just like we see on the ghost hunter shows Mm -hmm. that all he has is that little screen. So we see footage of a tree in the dark camera shaking a little so they show him walking slowly he obviously can't see he keeps pointing the camera like down onto the ground so it's pitch black he's just walking very slowly then he says that he found the marker that he had left earlier in the daytime when he uh, was getting close then he turns the camera super fast to the right like he heard something then more walking the ground camera work, you know, he's, he's just trying to see where he's going uh, and shows the marker that he placed. So then he starts to hear some sort of sounds and it's like, it kind of sounds like a voice, but then it kind of sounds like maybe bird-like. It's super weird noises and they just start like right in front of him. Kind of sounds like an echoey machine it's human voices. It's super weird. Hmm. So really, really weird sounds, really creepy. Then something sounds like it's coming from behind him. He turns. There's nothing there. Still hearing this voice thing. Uh, then it cuts out, comes back, and he's like, okay, guys, I'm here. So then he points to uh, the cabin thing. And let me just say... If this is real, Gary is a fucking rock star for staying there for two seconds with that noise thing going on. (laughs) Because it is creepy as fuck. Not to mention, the camera is not shaking at all. Other than him walking, he is stone, like, not scared at all. Like, not even shaking a little. Hmm. Another thing you might want to keep in mind. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I'm like, as soon as those noises started, I would have been fucking out of there. <laughs> I would at least be shaking. Like, those noise things were creepy, and they were, like, close to him. So, I don't know. So, he reaches this cabin thing, and he's filming it, and he really couldn't have described it any better it's a makeshift cabin it looks like it's one room it's just a few boards nailed together but it has a chimney and it's completely dark then these echoey voice thing noises start again but it sounds like it's much closer this time it's so creepy and it kind of sounds like a witch singing that's kind of what it sounds like it's so creepy so I put, you need to watch this. <laughs> so this voice thing's loud, singing, I put possibly singing. And he's just filming, zooming in and out on this cabin. Just at, And right there, something stands up right in front of the cabin. It has been standing there the entire time. Ugh. Totally camouflaged. Could not see it whatsoever. So it moves and he sees it in the monitor. So he like, you know, puts the camera down and we just see his hand. And at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm like watching this thing. 
So these sounds are still there, and it's just a close-up of his hand for a minute. Then he pans back to the cabin, and it looks like whatever that thing was had moved or wasn't there anymore. So he pans around, we hear footsteps, and then the creepiest motherfucker ever is walking towards the camera. Super creepy guy, maybe wearing a mask. Um, His face is deformed in some way. Um, Maybe a knife. He might be holding a knife. And it shows Gary shooting a gun three or four times towards this tree. Then it sh- it shows like it may- he maybe hurt his leg. But he's still in this area. Camera isn't even shaking. Mm. Not shaking at all. It, like, I think he's breathing maybe a little rough, but no. Then he's filming this guy walking around with fire. Like, this guy has a stick that's on fire. <laughs> Looks like Michael Myers is walking around looking for him with fire. (laughs) Still in the area. I don't hear him breathing. Gary, or yeah, he's just zooming in and out on this guy. This guy's definitely holding a big ass knife at this point. I can see it. Gary's not even breathing heavy. Camera's sturdy as fuck. And this creature thing is right there. Then he's panning the area and this creature guy like starts running at him and the camera like cuts out. Mm. Then we hear Gal again and she says that from the video we can tell whoever this is that they have a, a physical deformity. So that's probably why they live so far away and and why they chose to live where they lived. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are we not... Are we not concerned about Gary anymore? We're concerned about the deformed face guy? (laughs) And, like, Gary shouldn't have been out there. He's deformed. He doesn't want people out. What? (laughs) So then we hear Simon again, and he said that after they found out what actually happened, a weight had been lifted on him and Beverly's relationship. So they're pretty close now. Beverly's, like, a sister to him. And be- and then text comes on, and Beverly has become too emotional to finish the interview, but wanted to thank everyone who looked for her brother. Then they show another one of Gary's videos walking around. Um, Gal is back and says that there are a bunch of people who are wanting to go there and post about it, and that's terrifying. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? Then more text. It says, despite stern warnings from law enforcement, 17 social media accounts and channels were actively searching for the structure and the person seen in Gary's videos during the course of this production. One specific group claimed to be on track to locating the structure and revealing the man seen in the video. They vowed to produce their findings by two, uh, 2022. Then it says Gary Hinge, 10, 11, 85 to approximately 724.17. And that was it. Okay. Sounds definitely like a movie. Yes. And while you were doing your story. Yes. I looked it up because. Okay. I had to know. So. It definitely was not a documentary. Okay. <laughs> but, but. Is it based on? It is based on the disappearance of Kenny Veach. Oh. Um, it was actually, there's a, on Missing 411. Oh, okay. So, but 
All the stuff about Kenny Veach, they're talking about an M cave. Hmm. So let me, because this article, okay, so, so they're asking if, there's someone asking if, says, is Kenny Veach based on a true story? Uh, it says the subject of the film, which I'm assuming was the one you just to- told us about, okay. is inspired by the real life case of the disappearance of hiker Kenny Veach, who on November 10th, 2014, went on an expedition in search of a cave he had found on a previous hike in the Nevada desert, never to be seen again. Oh, okay. Okay. So, that makes more sense now. It makes me feel a little bit better that they're not trying to say that this is a documentary and, you know, that they're trying to pull off, you know, something about... And, well, this explains it. said what someone else asked, is horror in the high desert a true story? Uh Uh-huh. It says, Horror in the High Desert is a 2021 found footage pseudo-documentary believed to be loosely inspired by the disappearance of hiker Kenny Veach. So, in this movie, he found a cave, or a cabin. But in reality, this Kevin Veach was looking for a cave. Okay. But he was never found. He was never found, no. So, that's creepy as fuck, right there. So, I get it. I, I get it. It's good. You should definitely watch it. If you want to get creeped out, it's good. But... says... The disappearance of Kenny Veach was an incident that occurred on November 10th, 2014, in which 47-year-old Las Vegas resident Kenny Veach, known also by his YouTube handle, Snakebit McGee, Snakebit McGee. Snakebit McGee? (laughs) Disappeared while hiking in the Mojave Desert in Nevada. Prior to his disappearance, Veach had made himself known online after posting a comment on a YouTube video titled Son of an Area 51 Technician, in which he claimed to have found a strange cave shaped like a capital M while hiking near the Nellis Air Force Base that caused his body to vibrate and gave him a feeling of dread. Kenny is believed to have disappeared while searching for the cave. After posting his comment on the video, which is no longer visible, Kenny was encouraged by the various responses he got to attempt to locate the cave again and record it on video. He did so and filmed it, but he was unable to find the cave again. Months later, he ventured out in search of the cave a third time and never returned. After he failed to come home, his girlfriend filed a missing persons report and a search party was sent out. His cell phone was found abandoned near the entrance to an old mine shaft, but Kenny's body was never recovered. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that I get it. It's basic, It's it's loosely based. That's definitely... Yeah. They obviously changed a few things around. Yeah. But... It was good, the, though. I really, I enjoyed watching it. It was good, yeah. and it was creepy as fuck. Well, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, me neither. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I recommend this one. It's just a movie, but yeah, I recommend it. It's good. And I love the found footage, like, the way they do that. Yeah. I love it. It's like, it seems real, you know, mm-hmm. but... Well, what was that? It was the uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it was like Man. the very first one. It's great. 
My boss was talking about the first time he saw that. He said it scared him shitless. I was Hell like, yeah. I know. I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was real. I wanted to leave that movie theater so bad. <laughs> but I was too scared to leave. <laughs> I know. I think, I think, didn't when we went in there, it was like light out. And when we came out, it was yeah. dark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh I was my totally gosh. creeped out. And then what? A few days later, we found out it wasn't yeah. true. And or, I was like, oh, Then man. we started seeing the girl on Steak and Shake commercials. Yeah. <laughs> sucked (laughs) wait a minute what's going on here (laughs) she looks so familiar (laughs) all right well that was our happy hour um like i said i recommend it if you want to get creeped out it's a good one it's i I enjoyed it creepy especially there towards the end yeah you know it always does yeah you know accumulates to that climax at the end exactly so but that's what had me thinking it was not a true documentary what just the the way it it was the the sturdiness of the camera work right there uh, i was like there's no way that dude is not shaking like crazy there's a deformed man with a giant (laughs) knife standing right there and it was just like zoom in yeah. zoom out yeah zoom no, is, that, that yeah. wouldn't happen <laughs> no <laughs> and he wasn't like there was no like heavy breathing like you know it was just yeah. eh, they any normal better. person probably would have dropped that fucking camera and ran as soon as i'm telling you as soon as those noises started th- i would have been the fuck out of there. that was another reason that i would think it wasn't real because you know okay if it's supposed to be a real documentary how do they know what the fucking noises sounded like what do you mean how would they know? Well, it was supposed to be the the last video that Gary took out there. Oh, yeah, still. So, that, but yeah. But yeah. It was, again, it's a good, creepy movie. Yeah. But, unfortunately, not true like we would like it to be. Oh, but. well. <laughs> Actually, the, the real story yeah, that sounds, sounds creepier than... Well, I mean, honestly, he probably went into some abandoned mine shaft and... Oh, he either, probably died. Absolutely. Like, he couldn't find his way back or got... Who knows? It could have, like, caved in on him or something. Yeah. It's sad, but... Mm-hmm. Especially the in Nevada, in yeah, the desert. Yeah. How many people you think are out there yeah. dead? Exactly. A lot. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys have a suggestion for a documentary, I will take it. A real documentary. <laughs> yeah, Jody picked this one. I did. I will. I thought it was a real one. It's okay. Like I said, it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it, you know, so, I mean, it wasn't a waste of time or anything. It's a pretty good story. Yeah, I've watched worse documentaries, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, but uh, you can email us your stories to ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll talk to you. Uh, Our next episode is going to be released on July 4th, 2023. So, we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye. We will not talk to you next week. I just said we won't talk to you next week. (laughs) We'll see. We'll talk to you later, okay? I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs)